let's just roll here today. We're doing actually the Club of Rome today. I'm not sure if you know what that means, but it means we're probably in Italy. But I'm tired. It's been a long week, and uh, I really don't care uh, how I'm doing this intro today. So this is this is as good as it gets. Today is the eighth installment and the final installment of our secret societies. It's episode 24, The Club of Rome. Somebody just hit the button. Dice Man Enterprises exclusively presents a talk show that will get to the bottom of things once and for all. And now here's your host for Let's Get to the Bottom of That, Three Weirdos on a Mic. Somebody talk to me. <laughs> that was good. Dude, you, was made, good. It, you made it work. Is, yeah. Did it work? You made it work. We'll find out from the audience for Off real. Off the cuff. That was really good. Yep. I'm really, I'm ti- I'm kind of punchy, tired. Uh, nobody knows this, but we, we record uh, when we can on this. Usually we record on the Saturdays, uh, but we have moved it. So yep. this, is a, this is the end of a work day. So we're going to try to get through this. Uh, hopefully I'm not too tired and punchy. I know Jason's. He said we're gonna have. To, Mike's gonna carry the show. We'll see. I'm just gonna say that right now. Strong shoulders. Uh, today is the Club of Rome. Um, last, well, actually, last week we dropped the Templars. Yep. That's doing very well. Uh, this week, you see, I'm already messing up because I think I'm gonna drop Skull and Bones. I hadn't dropped yet, but Skull and Bones is coming out. Two days. Yeah, but when we record this, it's already released. Yeah, by the time so you hear I'm done. This, it's out. I, my brain just went into a time machine. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. It's I'm going to drink some coffee. It's, it's all going really well. Time. Yep. All right. Can you believe the... Um, what is time? Let's just... Yeah, what is time? <laughs> Can you believe the... What's that pipeline called? The Nordstrom? Nordstream? The Nordstream? Yeah. That Biden blew up. Yes. <laughs> yep. Can you believe what's so funny? I, that he keeps on d- dismantling America. Why? I don't get the end game for that. For him? Like his agenda with well, America I mean, or just that? Well, why did one? you blow that up? Oh, we should totally talk about that on our down the rabbit hole one. Because we should. I read that Seymour Hirsch Substack article where he, do you read, you, you have yes. shared that, right? Yes. Yeah, where he just goes deep on it. <clears throat> We're the only ones that really had any sort of motive there. When you, when you get into it, um, the mainstream narrative of like Russia doing it, like Russia destroying their own pipeline. That's when, ridiculous. When they could have simply just turned it off. It's their pipeline. Yeah. Why would I blow it up when I could just turn the knob? Right. No, that was, no, no, that was, was that natural gas? Didn't they want to show, didn't they want that to be shown that it was <clears throat> their enemies doing that? So it didn't seem, so they can stir up the pot more. Oh, that Russia would do that? Yeah. That it was Russia's enemies that did uh-huh. that? Who's Russia's enemy? Uh, Everybody. <laughs> that, that it was us that did it? Uh, yeah. Or, oh, okay. um, I don't know. you talking about Ukraine? Yeah. Yes. China. Yeah, there you go. China. Ukraine. Oh, that China did it? No. So I don't know. I, see, I don't understand. That whole thing, I don't get. Yeah, I don't like, know. why did you blow that up? What were you trying to implicate? And what, what did you what did you stop? Did you, right. you hindered? Where did that pipeline go? Was It was under sea. What sea was it under? I don't even know. The Black Sea? I don't know the name the of the Baltic sea, sea? But it took it to Germany, right? So so what, the Germans are out of natural gas? Germany is in a really tough spot when it comes to uh, their energy sector, from what I've heard. 
Um, so in that Seymour Hirsch article, it talks about like the United States having concern about the relationship between Germany and Russia, like Germany not being willing to like go along with us against Russia if we needed them to because oh, wow. because of that energy relationship that they had. Yeah, yeah they're too dependent. Yeah. So, but isn't on the Russia whole, isn't the whole European Union still so dependent on Russia? I know, I know, a lot of people are, um, and Russia apparently supplies potash to a lot <laughs> of different places, which is like, um, you know, fertilizer. Potash. Yeah, it's like fertilizer. Oh, um, thought that was a meal at Zaxby's. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. So yeah, that that's what that's I know weird. about it right now. But um, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I'll research that some more, and we'll talk about that on down the rabbit hole. We should. That's a, an interesting topic for sure. Which is actually coming up uh, after this episode. Ooh, when we drop excited. this episode, it'll be... Actually, guys, th- this is the eighth installment of the Secret Societies. And I think the the ones that we've covered, I think these are like the very top. There are so many Secret Societies out there that we haven't even touched. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Order of the Rosy Cross. Yeah. What? Yeah, dude. That's, they, that's not a real yeah, thing. Yeah, dude. They made, it is. They're, they made the Georgia Guidestones, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yep. What? Yep. And then there's a club of Malta. Yeah. Club of Vienna as well. Yeah. Yep. There's I mean, there's so many, but I think the ones that we've hit are very high level. And uh, all the other ones probably stem from these. So I think we've done a good job covering these. Um, I did I did yeah. I did get another comment on Instagram from uh, our friend uh, Stacy. She said um, every time she hears she just listened to the Templars, she said these the these is my this is my favorite series. And they just keep getting better. Whoa, oh, wow. okay. Nice. So wow. that was a nice shout out to us on uh, Instagram. Yeah, thank you, Stacy. Um, well, today is our final installment of the Secret Society. Today is Club of Rome, which, be honest with you, I don't know much about. Other than Rome is in Italy. Yeah, it's a good one. And Rome was the, the people that crucified Jesus. Yep. Not well. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, well. It, was the, it was the nails. Yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, the Romans crucified people. That was their. That was the thing they did. Yeah, but it was those own people that, that got them. Well, they said, hey, crucify... Yeah, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <clears throat> hey, I want you to do this, but use your equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I can't believe we're here. We're on the eighth and final installment of Secret Societies. Well, yeah. It's flown by. It has. It really has. Yeah. I, I need to go back and listen to some of the stuff that we've covered. Do it. Just to get a refresher. We should do... Because there's some stuff that is, was just very dark and... Yeah, go back and listen to that Illuminati episode. <laughs> My gosh. Mike just... Yeah, you'll have a nightmare <laughs> reliving that. I'm serious. Between the blood drinking... Blood suckers. And then we're coming up on the skull and bones. Um, you know, the yep. coffin masturbation. It's just weird, dude. It's just too weird. It's really dark stuff. And did y'all see Rihanna? She threw it up. She did do the triangle, she, right? You know what? When I was watching, because I watched it live, I didn't even notice that. I didn't until, until people talked after about it. After it. it. I, yeah. I don't know why I missed it. That's the symbol? I thought that yeah, was... Yeah, they come up with this triangle. I thing. thought it was from Dallas Diamond Page from wrestling the diamond. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Yep. Maybe he started it. Maybe he did. Yeah, it always seems like there's someone paying really close attention, because I didn't notice it live, but I, I did see some stuff on the internet afterward. Yeah. Where, where they noticed some things. Did you see the one meme where her hair was coming down in front of her face and they put um, the clown from It, Oh yeah, Penny, Pennywise, uh-huh. beside her and he's got those streaks down that look just yeah. like her? Wow. Scary was, movie. Yeah. Yep. Did you see the new ones? Yeah. I did. 
Yes. It's I, yeah, they made it a lot uh scarier. I oh man, I couldn't watch after the first one I, I was like when you get drugged down a, a a drainage uh, thing, forget about it. You dude. couldn't watch it after the kid got <coughs> I couldn't ripped do off. It. I yeah. couldn't do it. That's yeah. just that's yeah. where I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. I've seen enough. Yeah. I don't I, need to see I'm going one. to watch Twister. I actually thought the old one was scarier. But I might be like, you know, reminiscing because no, I know what it was creepier it was it was very creepy but this was more sadistic it was yeah it was yeah that's a good that's a good uh label for it yeah yeah it was creepier. i think the first one was like a scarier goonies yeah for sure you know what i'm saying because it was kids let's try to take ah. this thing out in the it was still scary like oh I, yeah I remember, no doubt yeah. i couldn't sleep well i remember me and my brother and my two other um cousins we would we stay up and that's the <clears> show to watch and we'd stay up and we'd be creeped out. We're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like little beta little kids. Yeah. For real. Yep. All right. Well, Club of Rome. Club of Rome, guys. Where, where do we start? We're ending with a bang here. So, um, looks cl- like we're starting in 1968. We're, we're starting in 1968 because that's when it was founded. And relatively it w- new. Relatively well, new. Well, that's when I was born. Yeah. 68. Was it really? Yeah. Sweet. Whose phone is that? I don't know. Uh, it's not mine. It's your new phone. By the way, Jason got a new phone. He doesn't know how to operate it. Wait, he's got two phones. Is it's, that your burner? It's a long story. It's his burner Dude, phone. He's a double agent. It's, it's a long story. <laughs> okay, anyway, 68. Yes. This show is rocking. It is. So, founded in 1968 by Aurelio Pecci, Alexander Pecci, okay. King, and our boy oh, David Rockefeller. Rockefeller. I feel like when you go back and listen to this series, it's it's just Rockefeller, Rockefeller, Rockefeller. Every Rockefeller. time, yeah. yeah, dude, he's industrious. He's he has accomplished so much. He gets so much done <clears throat> setting up all this stuff. I, I don't get it. It's a revolutionary. Yeah. Yep. So, although it's a part of our secret society series, the Club of Rome is you know just another well-funded non-governmental organization NGO. Sorry, guys. Along the lines of the Council of Foreign Relations and the Bilderberg Group. What? And the Trilateral Commission, all these NGOs, right? Okay, gotcha. So all these really well-funded NGOs, not so much a secret society, but maybe what they're trying to get done could be considered, you know, secret society. That better not chime again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to work this. Um, Let me see that. Is that the 23? Uh, No, this is... Oh, wait, that's an apple. Yeah, Do you have an apple? I this got, is yeah. Yeah, don't. There's a thing on the side. You can mute it. Yeah, yeah my, I did it. I just did it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should take care of Mine, it. Mine's muted. Yeah, no, I, they left this. They left their lit in my pocket, and when I was driving there, they said, "Oh, you got that." That's amazing. Somebody slipped a phone in his pocket to track him here. Yep, yeah. that's what happened. But I knew they were doing that beforehand, so it was okay. So let's talk about the Club of Rome and what their objectives are, okay? All right, what? So what the Club of Rome is, think of it like this. It is a crisis think tank, okay? They come up with crises. and are the you ma- serious? And the main purpose of it <clears throat> being to formulate a crisis to unite the world and condition us to the idea of global solutions for local problems, Okay. Have we had something what like does that, that mean? happen to us lately? A crisis? Yeah. I can think of a crisis that happened um, in 2020. COVID? Yep. Yep. So that's a great, so this that's could, a great example. Right, and, okay, yeah. And when you're... And we're getting banned. When you're on the... <laughs> and we're getting banned. When you're on the Thank internet you, and you search for Club of Rome, that is one of the things that comes up because of 
what they are known as being a crisis think tank. Anytime there's a global crisis or something and a global solution proposed, people think that the Club of Rome is behind it in some way. Um, okay. So what you just said makes so complete if, and total sense. If they're like, and I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I'll try and answer. And I'll, I'm going to say, so I'm going to be the question guy today. <clears throat> so since we're talking about, they're like the Bilderberg and the Trilateral Commission. Mm-hmm. Do they have, they, they have annual meetings like the, the Berg group? Yeah, dude. So they have, uh, I don't know if it's like annual the same way that the Bilderberg group is, but they have a lot of meetings and they're affiliated with a lot of different, um, you know, what do you call it? Environmental panels and stuff like that. So like an example is they're really in bed with like the IPCC, the International Panel on Climate Change. Oh, God. A lot of Club of Rome guys in Greta there. Thurmb- or what's her name? Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Greta, what was Al that? Gore, th- what's that thing these- that they just uh, they were just at? What do you mean? Um, that meeting they were just at was the economic economic forum, the World Economic Forum. Yeah, she Those, was there. Yeah. Brian Stelter was there. You think the Club of Rome was there? Yes, they're installed. There, okay, what sure. Brian? That guy. That yeah. guy, potato head. Doesn't what it a- make you sleep better at night knowing that we have Brian <laughs> Stelter uh, out yeah. there yeah. talking t- about t- disinformation, yeah, t- talking about misinformation and disinformation? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That- that guy is just something else. So what a clown clown news network. So let's talk about their most popular publication. It's called the limits to growth. This is kind of like where the club of Rome entered the stage. Okay. okay? Um, it was based on the work of MIT researcher Jay Forrester, and it was published in 1972. And it's important to point out, uh, the work that it was based on was a computer model. You guys might remember our 9-11 episode where we talked about computer models and yes. why, and why <clears> they're <throat> very often not a reliable source of information. Um, but going onward here, the book examined the global industrialization process and how it relates to all of the environmental and social constraints. What does that mean? So yeah, the, limits, me. the limits to growth, it looks at five main variables. That's what they call the limits. Um, population agricultural production, natural resources, industrial production, and pollution. So it was looking at those five main things um, in this book. And essentially what the takeaways from it are is it was making the argument that as population increases, we're going to blow through all the natural resources at an ever-increasing rate while producing more and more pollution. And then at a certain point, there will be so much pollution and less and less food that it will start to kill people bringing the population crashing back down, reducing mm-hmm. industrial production capacity, devastating the economy, and bringing us to a point where life will basically cease to exist. What's the end, what's <laughs> the end game? Just That's total global destruction? The end game of, of what? Uh, well, why I would mean, they like you that? said, they'll, they'll, there's a certain point there'll be so much pollution and less and less food, it will start to kill people. So the pollution will kill people. And they will have less food. That will kill people. So the end game here is, here is the catastrophe on the horizon, and we are here to save the day. So give us so all they, the power. Mm. That, that's the end game. But they, they, they push these, these, um, these Devastating ideas. the economy. Yes. They push them. Yeah. So they can save the day. Yep. Right. Yep, basically. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Fanny- but for what? But just for... just. To, to set up what they're trying to set up, oh, okay. which we'll, we'll get into that. Gotcha. Because um, they had a follow-up to the limits of growth. So like, like I mentioned, this was published in 1972, and it has a ton of criticism, you know, 
they predicted a lot of things that were completely wrong. I think they made some claims about peak oil, which you guys have heard of peak oil, right? Like basically like where no. basically where we won't have any more oil basically. <clears throat> oh, okay. We're going to run out one day. Yeah, All um, the resources. Will be yeah. Gone. So the, their projections on certain things have been wildly inaccurate. Um, is that true though? What? I mean, could, is there fossil fuels? Could, could we deplete it one day? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's finite to some extent, right? Um, but because it's not, it's not mass, it's not produced, right? Because it takes millions of years. Yeah, or fracking. Fracking is one way. Yeah. Um, so you've heard of that. Um, that's a way that you can basically. I don't know the whole process of it, but I know that fracking is like a way that um, you know can increase. Our and production. I heard okay, so that that's a buzzword too, fracking. Yeah, it because is. Uh, there's two sides of the aisle. There is. I'm like, I don't want you to do it, but I, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> fracking. Yep. Yep. That's another hot button issue. Stop fracking around. Yep. Jason. I, I'm, I'm for it. Fracking? Fill up my diesel. Fracking. For real. Frack it up. I have three of them. <laughs> so they, they published another uh, a book called The First Global Revolution. So this is, uh, and it had the subtitle, Report by the Council of the Club of Rome. Well, these guys aren't hiding. They're not. Okay. Nope. They're very proud of what they do. And this was authored by Alexander King, which, as we mentioned uh, just a few moments ago, he was one of the founders of the Club of Rome. And Bertrand Schneider was a co-author with him, and this was published in 1991. Um, And what this book was intended to be is the blueprint for the 21st century, putting forward a strategy for world survival at the onset of what they called the world's first global revolution. Okay, so those... That's a mouthful. Wow. It is. It's a mouthful, and it's scary words when you put it into... When you actually, like, read into what the book said. I have some quotes here <clears throat> that um, I'm going to read through, and I, you know... Just... Well, uh, so, hate to... And, uh, do it. Interrupt. How much do you research? How many hours? Because, <laughs> I mean, you always come with fire. Dude, like, three, f- three to four to five. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I do it in bits. So, yeah. Like every day, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And yeah. Th- and this is, you know, some of the stuff that we talk about, I've been, like, on the trail for, like, a long time. Yeah. It's been on the trail. <laughs> it's on the trail. It's, yeah. It's been stuff I've been interested in for a long time. Hey. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, keep on going. So, here are some quotes from the book, The First Global Revolution. It would seem that humans need a common motivation namely a common adversary, to organize and act together in the vacuum. Such a motivation must be found to bring the divided nations together to face an outside enemy, either a real one or else one invented for the purpose. <laughs> and I, I put emphasis on the one invented because they, they are admitting they are willing to invent one. Okay? Moving onward to a separate quote. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself. Wow. So... Who who made this quote? This the, is just in the book? Dude, this is in the book. Alexander King? Alexander King, the founder of the Club of Rome. This is his book. 
Wow. We came up with the idea that pollution and the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, all this stuff would fit the bill. So that's their new common enemy to unite us. So he's telling us. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's, te- he's telling the quiet part out loud because he, these people do this in their books. Like, uh, you know, in Rockefeller's memoirs, like we read that in one of them, right? Where yeah. he's basically telling everything. He's like, oh, I'm guilty of, you know, wanting to overthrow the Constitution. Right, yeah. Create a global government. He's like, but no one's ever going to read this, blah, 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 you know? That's so funny. Yeah. So, and here, here's another uh, quote here, and then let's discuss these quotes. Uh, democracy is not a panacea. It cannot organize everything, and it is unaware of its own limits. These facts must be faced squarely. Sacrilegious though it may sound, democracy is no longer well-suited for the tasks ahead. <laughs> the complexity and the technical nature of many of today's problems do not always allow elected representatives to make competent decisions at the right time. Dude, this was in 91. This is in 91. So we might agree with them on some level when they say democracy, when they're criticizing democracy, because, you know, we were a constitutional republic. Right. People in New York and California, you know, they don't live the same lives we do. We don't need them making all our decisions. But I think what he's speaking here is talking about elected governance. So he's saying that's no longer well suited for the task ahead. We need an unelected body to make decisions what do you guys think and what would that be i you know what i i see it and i don't okay because uh like i always <clears throat> the quote that benjamin franklin always said which i find it fascinating he said the masses are asses which is true yeah and we we um put people that in these seats in the congress and our representatives that are just dumb yeah. Just dumb. Completely dumb. Because we're dumb. <clears throat> yeah. Most of us are dumb. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is terrible <laughs> the way it works out. But is it um, is it free? Free choice? More, I guess, freer than the alternative? Yeah. Yeah, there's a quote out there, too, about just a pure democracy being <clears throat> um, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Have you right. heard that? No, but that's, yes. No, oh, I wow. I like it. That's yeah. a great analogy. Yep. Yeah. What's what's for dinner? You. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. Your vote doesn't count. We're having. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. What's funny to me is these this, these quotes you're reading from '91. Like you're blatantly saying, this is what's this is what has to happen. Yeah. In order for us to get where we need to be. Yes. But then you get up here and I saw one of the members you had in this in this list was Al Gore. Oh yeah. But Al Gore gets the, up there and acts like he really believes that the stuff he's preaching is actually yeah. true. Sounds like Captain Planet. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's like did did you not read this, Al? We we know he, that he must you, <laughs> we know that th- this is, you know, made up mm-hmm. for an agenda. Yep. But he's so passionate about it. He's incredibly passionate about it, and we we can dive right into Al Gore, actually, because that's an excellent segue. So, Al Gore, did you guys watch An Inconvenient Truth? I need to watch that. I've stayed away from it because I just, I I felt it was going to be cringy. It is amazing to go back and watch that movie. So, it came out in 2006. I watched it it in 2006. They showed it at my school. 
and oh no yeah. indoctrination yeah so we watched it then so <clears throat> al gore is reportedly worth over 300 million dollars wow largely due to his climate change advocacy and his embrace of the alarmist position on global warming so so he's made money yeah because of that yes so al gore will not show up to any debate John Stossel has tried to get him many times to come on and just talk about, you know, global warming and all this stuff. John Stossel is not an alarmist on uh, climate change, global warming. No, he's warming, just after the stuff. facts, right. the truth. Yeah, <clears throat> and Al Gore is never willing to do that, but he's willing to, you know, get paid $20,000 to go do a TED Talk, $50,000 to go do a TED Talk, all this yeah, and stuff. And stand up in front of the uh, economic forum. Yeah. And rant and rave. Yeah, and rant and rave about how we have 12 years left and all this stuff. Well, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah. Yep. And and his 2006 film, An Inconvenient Truth, is basically responsible for misleading an entire generation of school children on the science of climate change. I'm which, sorry. He oh, my TV. gosh. Yeah, he did. And which Gore claims is a planetary crisis requiring a planetary solution. So he's openly calling for, you know, basically like a, gov- like a, a global government solution, basically. Yeah, that's what we have right now. Yeah. So we have all these things that are set up by Rockefeller, right? Like, you know, uh, Trilateral Commission, <clears throat> CFR, Club of Rome. We have like the United Nations, all these things. The Paris Accords. Yeah. All, all these, the World Economic Forum, all, all trying to do the same thing, basically. All tentacles of the same beast. Wow. All heads of the Hydra. Didn't Trump, yeah. hell Hydra, didn't Trump get rid of the Paris Accords? Yes. Yeah, he pulled us out. And then they, and they then put they, us back in. Biden threw us back in. Yeah. The first day. Yep. So Gore is so passionate about this. Yeah. Because it's, you know, lining his pockets. It's a cash cow. See, I don't understand. That's what I don't get the economics behind is. I, I, th- I always felt nonprofit or mm-hmm. y- you can't profit from what you're doing if it's a nonprofit. Like, yeah. I hear these things uh, thrown around like the Clinton Foundation. Yeah, dude. Like, people donate to that. And it, it's like, okay, I'm just pulling money out of a vault? Like, yeah. McScrooge? Yeah. I just got tons of money, and I can just pull it out when I want to because people are donating to this foundation? Yeah, so... So I'm worth this money even though it's supposed to be a nonprofit? Yeah, I don't know how all that stuff works when you say, like, nonprofit because that's a... That's a good point you had. I, I know that there's huge tax benefits to setting up like these foundations and stuff. And yeah. Like basically it helps you avoid paying just the lion's share of taxes and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like it's just a way that people with a lot of money have a way to move their money around. It would seem like it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I like, if you got a lot of money and you, you don't want to pay taxes or something, you're just going to move it around and it's eventually going to come back to you or whatever. Yeah. It's just a way to move your money. It's laundering money. That's probably what it is. I have all their money in Swiss banks. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, let's say, for example, so, you know, let's say you're starting up some climate fund or something. <laughs> right. That, which Al Gore has done. He's set up yeah, something. Yeah, a climate fund. Yeah. He, we're going to give money to, you know, certain companies to make changes to make their carbon footprint less or whatever. That's That can be your mission statement. Okay. And then, you know, all these college kids and people who are, you know, passionate about, environmental protection, all this Saving stuff. Saving the planet. Yeah, all the people okay. that think they're doing good, they're throwing their money into here, and it it's just like what's going on in Ukraine. We throw money over there, and we don't have any idea where it's going. 
probably like one percent is going where it says where yeah. they say it is, and then the rest. Meanwhile, is just, we get a big gated house. Yeah, the rest is you know buying Al Gore a mansion. You know, right, flying him around on a private jet to go talk about climate change. All these things. right, the jet. Yeah, all those emissions. And I don't know. Yeah. That's 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 the one thing I don't understand. And like you said, John Stossel would probably, you know, hold his feet to the fire on that. Yeah, uh, but he never gets in front of anybody that 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 has to you know hold him. Seriously. Hey, uh, what about the jet? They they never address that. The hypocrisy. <laughs> what about that jet that's been running this whole yeah, time? Yeah, well, the jet fuel isn't you never that a problem? It off. And I feel like they're always like, "Well, this is this is the time that we're in. This is all I got." Yeah, I can't I can't do anything about it. Bill but Gates, my mission. Bill Gates said something like that because I saw something on um, CNN where even I, just, I saw that. Too. Yeah, even Anderson Cooper was like, "Are you really the right person to be talking about this? Like, you fly all over the place." And then he said some. Really wishy-washy stupid. He said, yeah. he said something along the lines. He's like, well, my, I do so much for the for the my carbon footprint that like it makes up for it. Yes, oh it's basically a watch. I do so much for the world that it's it doesn't matter what I what I fly. That's what he said. Yeah, so it's it a wash. Ridiculous. His his fanboys will eat that up though. I mean, yeah. they'll be they'll be fine. And with then that his answer. eyelids went back. Yep. Into that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lizard, and he had yeah. his, the, the eyes were up and down. Yeah, the yeah. Eyes. yeah, yeah. His tongue was like two <laughs> divided in two. Yeah, his, his human mask slipped off for a second. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, dude. So that that's an interesting segue. So Wait, hold on before you go. Before let what do you got more on Bill Gates? Okay. It would make Bill sense Gates. that he <clears throat> actually wants to increase um, global warming because it would be better for his habitat. Yeah, it would. Yeah, lizard. He wouldn't need a heat lamp. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just the rock. Yeah, dude. Anyway, keep on going. Where is his habitat? Bill Gates? He's got one, right? I don't know, but his dude, wife he, took like... He has a lot of habitat. Yeah. I mean, he bought a lot of land, right? He's the. I think he is the largest private uh, farmland owner in the U.S. now. And Chinese is the next one. Yeah. yeah. Up in the Manhattan. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That is wild. Why would somebody... Sell? Well, I guess... I, Dang, how not. did that happen, dude? I don't know. I guess money. Yeah, I guess. But can't, I mean, hey, I'm going to give you a trillion dollars for this piece of land. Uh, Who are you? Oh, by the way, I'm putting drones on here. Yeah. Birds. Dude, it's, it's crazy. It really is what's going on. But basically, it's not about the climate. Okay. That's going to be our central theme here as we do. It's not about the climate. It's not about the climate. Okay. Right. So we're going to drill in further into that. That's going to be our thesis. So let's, let's take another quote here. From a guy named Otmar Edenhofer. Otmar Edenhofer. Yep. Edenhofer? Yep. So who is... Say it three times. Who is he? He is an official at the International Panel on Climate Change. Okay? <laughs> and th- this is a quote from him. He says, climate policy has almost nothing to do anymore with environmental protection. What? What? Did- climate policy has almost nothing to do anymore with inter environmental protection what does that have to do with and then he says the next world climate summit in cancun is actually an economy summit during which the redistribution of the world's resources will be discussed so whenever we start talking about redistribution okay that's never a good conversation no no that should sound like someone's coming to take your stuff that's socialism and that is communism yeah it is yep so, and and we've talked about that in our other secret societies. Socialism is a recurring theme, okay? 
Yeah. And uh, whatever you have, you need to share that with somebody else that has less than you. Well, that sounds yep. nice, though. And I'm on paper. Yeah, it does. It does. That's a utopia. That's why people well, will. Yeah. I think that's this generation, uh, I guess, is the Gen Z's. Yep. They actually feel that way. I mean, but they feel entitled like they should not have to work. Somebody else should give it to them. But, Seriously, I've seen them on TikTok. It's ridiculous. But yeah. to some sense, we have some kind of a social social aspect, socialism aspect to... To the economy, yeah. yeah. yeah the, mean, the welfare. And yeah, well, the welfare, welfare state, that's uh, the problem. The police, yep. the um, fire department. I mean, we all contribute to that. Yep. There, There's like three different kinds of social... Or three main socialisms that I'm aware of. Like the... <clears> um, like the Bolshevik socialism from That's Russia. That's Bolshevik. Yep. The the nationalist um, socialism, like the Hitlerian socialism back when Hitler was in power. And then like what we have here, which is like sort of like the welfare socialism. Um, so yeah, the we I think we mentioned those on like another episode. But um, We've probably talked about it a lot. <laughs> we have. But, since we started this show. But the, it raises an interesting question because like, so all of these secret societies, all these NGOs are full of, really wealthy people, really powerful people, why would the most wealthy people be wanting to talk about redistribution and stuff like that, right? right. Like, they they seemingly have the most to lose. But when you look at, like, what socialism really is, is um, if you boil it down to, like, a one-sentence definition, I would call it the um, uh, abolition of private property, I would say. Mm. So... Y- yes. So one person doesn't... You know, individual citizens don't own anything, but basically what it's going to do is it's going to consolidate all of the control and all of the ownership into much fewer hands than what it is today. It's sure. it's going to be these global, you know, NGOs and stuff that own everything and can tell you what to do with what. Right. Because it's all their stuff now. But I thought we were trying to get rid of that. Get rid of what? Owning stuff. Well, yeah, none of them individually own it, but them collectively, they own it. Oh, well, am, am I in that collective? No. What? How can I get in the club? Is your name Bill? Because do you remember from the it's world? Charles. It's the last name Gates. It is. No. Yeah. yeah. Yep, you're out, man. <laughs> do you yeah. need a heat lamp? Yes. Oh, okay, then maybe you can stay. <laughs> do you guys remember that World Economic Forum video where they're like, in the future, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy? No. They released like a promo where they literally yeah. said oh, that. Oh, no, actually, I yeah. have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is the premise. Yeah. I left the video happy. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, take Not. all my stuff. <laughs> well, it's almost like, okay, so on paper, it sounds good. For instance, if all of this equipment that we're using right now in this house that we're in, we didn't work for it. It was just given to us because we requested it because we were going to do something for the community. Mm-hmm. Okay, here. Here's some microphones. Here's a Here's a computer. Here's a um, here's a mixer. You guys go do your thing. Y'all can set up in this house here, and um, y'all do this as long as you need it. Mm-hmm. And when you're done, give it back to us, and we'll give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Is that what? You're, so we don't own it. We're just using it, right? Is that what we're talking about? Well, yeah. Except imagine, like, if we're going in with like a full blown socialist scenario, imagine all the equipment's a piece of crap because no one takes care of it because no one owns it. Oh, that's right. It's probably all broken. And then your podcast, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's someone who's really yeah, good. This at- button, this button would be broke. I couldn't, I couldn't push it. Yep, because the last guy had had it, just screwed it up. Yep, and then like, let's say you want to produce your podcast because you know it's your passion and you're really good at it, but 
They don't want you to say certain things. Yeah, they don't want you to say certain things, so they're not going to give you the power to do that. And even though it's something you're really passionate about, hey, we actually have some guy that he he's actually the one that does all the audio engineering on it, and you know, you you can't do it yourself because we already got a guy, and that and that's how it works. I mean, eventually it would come to a point where um, somebody would come take it. Yeah, and I wouldn't have any say so in it. Right. Wow. Yep. And. Uh, but you'll be happy about it. I don't know how. I don't know how. That second part of the sentence, I don't know how. You'll you'll be happy. I don't own this stuff, but I'm happy. Yeah. Huh? You'll have nothing and you'll be happy, basically. I read a book a long time ago Um, after I watched the Zeitgeist movie. Yep. Familiar with that movie? Yeah. Okay. I forgot his name. Peter. <clears throat> forgot his name. His name's Peter. But he, he was working with this dude called Jacques... Friends, Franco, Jacques Franci, Franco, something, something like that. Anyway, the guy's dead. He lived down in Florida. Okay. He came up with this thing called the Venus Project, and the Venus Project was uh, designed, or it had a futuristic utopian place where, um, you got rid of the the monetary system, and the economics was. <clears throat> resource-based economy. Mm-hmm. So everything was based on resources. So you didn't you didn't create anything. AI had a lot to do with it too. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Use, using artificial intelligence to produce everything that we want and then we would we wouldn't get paid for anything, but it would just be a society of us always pouring back into the resource-based economy and okay. we always had access to everything. I see. That's kind of like a socialistic state, right? Yeah. We're just pouring into this. We don't own anything, but we have access to everything. And uh, there's no money exchanging hands. It's all resource-based. Yep. Uh, we get, you know, whether it's... Uh, like a big old commune. Whether, yeah, yeah, whether it's from the sea, uh, uh, you know, wind turbines, the sun, but we get off the whole grid. Anyway, that's what I thought of when you said that because <clears throat> it reminded me of like, you're using that computer, that Mac right now. I want to use it now. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to me. Right. Yeah, so dude. you would just have to give it up and then, or, or go get another one. Cause I always thought like, well, who's making this stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's like right it? now there's a company that makes that. Yes. And they sell Driven it by competition and price. Exactly. Is. Which is the market, the free right. market. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how would that really work? If, if that was gone, you the would competition, have, you would gone. have to go to work. Everyone would have to go to their specific jobs. He'd have, Mike would be specifically, his job would be specifically making computers. Yours would be in gutting out the sewers. Everyone, okay. Everyone has a job. Everyone has a place. Yep. Don't get out of line. Yeah. Don't get out of line. And there could be people way better than you at your job that are never going to be in that role because of yeah. the way it's structured. Like, let's say your job is to, you know, grow corn for everybody and you're not very good at it. <laughs> And, and there's a guy, you know, prior to yeah. the installation of the socialist government that that's all he did. And he's amazing at it. Doesn't matter. He's, he's digging ditches. That's what we got him assigned hey, to. Do y'all know that guy? He's, he can really grow corn. No. I saw it at his house. He had a corn plant. You saw nothing. Okay, drone. They, they'd be like, well, you know, the corn you're growing is good enough. And he's actually really good at digging ditches. So we're going to keep him where he's at. I don't want to live in this world. I don't either. What is going on? This just sounds like 
just bad. Yeah. It really is. So, you sa- what it sounds is this like China? North Korea. North. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Are they like China? Worse. Pretty much worse. worse. Oh yeah, worse. So okay. you you grow up. You're a kid. You grow up. There are no kids in North Carolina, in North Carolina, in North Korea. North you Carolina. grow up and you are immediately an adult. Child, child labor. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, and they just like say you say you had a family. Your boys, uh, it's the state, the government. It will come to your house and go. Hey, I want you him to work on the. He's going to be sewing for monkeys. They usually put him in the military first. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, so the, that's like another staple of like um, socialist res- regimes is like your children aren't really yours. They're the communities. Yeah. The wow. The state. So like. So they tell you what you're going to work on. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to the rice fields today. Yep. Like you, you're still like a parent, but the government's going to make all the important decisions. Oh, man. You do all the micromanaging. Yeah. Sucks, dude. That I just I'm just bummed out right now. I know. Let's I'm thinking about some dude over there just thinking about his life and maybe he's heard a glimmer of how people live in the West. Yeah. And there's And it's a, like, how can I get that? There's an underground where they try to escape. It, it really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they try they either And they're killing get, them when they try. Yeah. They they try to escape to South Korea. Wow. Yeah, you're That's risking hard, your life man. when you do that for sure. Yeah. And not only your life, your family's life. Yeah, they'll, they'll kill your whole family. Yes. Yeah. If they <clears> find out that you defect then they'll go and kill your whole family. How soft are we right now? I feel pretty soft. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how much really hardships have we had None. when you compare it to these kind of countries? Dude, yeah. And then, and then you got these people in our country that slam our country, hate our country. I'm like, you have you been there? Have you had that hardship? Mm-hmm. It's like they don't get it. What is it? You said it like a few episodes ago where it's like, Good times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. Hard times create hard men. Something like that. Yeah. Hard times so create like, hard men. So, like, we're on the point right now. We're, we're soft men. We're, we're dipping into the hard time. Yeah. Yeah, because the soft men. Yeah. There's hard times to come in, which is going to create hard men. There's another yep. quote. Peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. What? Who yeah. said that? Bane. From Bane. <laughs> Dude, nice. Yeah. Peace has that, that is a good one. Dude. Yeah, peace has cost you. You really straight. think you're in charge? Yeah. <laughs> Victory has defeated you. That's I, I love. Victory that. has defeated you. Yeah. Why has it defeated you? Because peace has cost you your strength. Because you. Because it made us soft. Oh, you're soft. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's why Batman got his butt kicked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Beta yeah, I guess. Ba- it <laughs> yeah, the betaization, dude. Yeah. You really think you're in charge? <laughs> it took pace. I love it when he put his hand or just yeah. just slightly just. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> and he did. Yep. Oh, wow. Victory. Yeah. So That's a great quote. I'm, I'm tweeting that. Yeah, do it. So let's get into more so of this. So what are we talking? So uh, all of this is Club of Rome. Yeah, dude. So socialism. It's not about the climate. It's not about the climate. AOC's campaign manager has openly said that the Green New Deal, and we've all heard about that piece of legislation, <laughs> isn't even about the climate. It's about growing and centralizing government yes okay this is yeah yeah this is admitted it's all and if you don't know aoc is the big booty latino (laughs) yeah she's a congresswoman from new york city yeah dude anyway go ahead so and here here's another point alexandria cortez that's pretty good actually that was good roll the r's 
So we mentioned this earlier about like the 12 years left. So they don't even want to argue on the merits of policy anymore. Okay? Right. So we've all heard them saying that, you know, we only have 12 <clears throat> years left before it's too late. Yeah, she said that, right? She has said that. And it's actually being said on like college campuses. A bunch of people. Have and said how long that. do we have? When, there's how, once the 12 years are up it's going to be another 12 years <laughs> it's Al always Gore, isn't Al Gore it said this in, in, in yeah the <laughs> early 2000s the yeah we'll all be dead what by did he 2020. say you saw the movie right dude, yeah so go back and watch what was his date yeah dude he said some wild stuff in that so he's he's talking about um so that came out in 2006 he was projecting things happening in like 2014 in like, in like the 20 teens okay and you're talking about like oh here's what would happen when the ice caps melt and he said like when they melt and it's like yeah the water's is going to rise. Water's going to rise. It's yeah. going to it's going to get up to the, the Statue of Liberty's elbow. And you know, they released like those movies yeah. um like Day After Tomorrow and Day After like, Tomorrow, yeah, like Deep big, Impact. Yeah, like a big wave ripping over New York City and everyone's dead and everyone. And then it, and then it froze. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. then you saw Al Gore going, "I told you." And yeah. then yeah, yeah. And then and then we saw him getting in his private jet, you know, Flying taking off with briefcases full of money. And then we saw the horrible <laughs> CGI wolves. Yeah. So, Wait, what? In that movie, those CGI wolves, horrible. I don't know. It's I been a while since I've seen it, but go wolves? watch it, and you're gonna go. Yeah, when he, he was he was trying to get medicine on the ship that was frozen in New York. Oh, okay. It had came inland, and then everything froze. Oh, and then the wolves movie. came. And in. these wolves got out of the zoo or something. Oh yeah. The CGI. I was like, come on, guys, yeah, what bad, are y'all doing? Bad CGI really can ruin a movie. It will. Um. So yeah, the twelve years left before it's too late. So. The only thing they're concerned about is we have to get going, and then however fast we're going, we need to go faster, and it takes everybody. <laughs> there's there's no opting out. You know, I don't know why that makes me laugh. It, it's it's ridiculous, dude. And um, <clears throat> here here's what a way to think about what climate policy really is, because they all kind of fit the same mold here. It's a massive increase to central planning, mm -hmm. massive redistributions. And basically establishing a bean counter that gets put into place to track every aspect of your life. Okay? It's a tyranny, and it seeks to establish an unelected socialist global governance. Bean counter. Bean counter. Let's talk about that bean counter. So we talked about this before. Sounds um, racist. That's what I thought. I thought it was like Mexican. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not? Okay. No, dude. Um, so, yeah. But Byron can say that because he's half Mexican. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm adopted. I could be. Yeah, yeah. You, you could very well be. Um, but yeah, a bean counter on your life. So basically, it keeps track of a uh, a, a carbon credit score, let's say. Okay. Oh. So we've mentioned that. It keeps track yeah. of how many miles did you drive this year? Like when you're filing your taxes or something. Um, or just right on the spot, you know? It'll be built into the price of gas. It'll be, you know, built into the price of goods that they'll put a climate price tag on. Basically, they'd be able to control... Everything and because your car, because you have to get an electric car, yeah, it is. It uploads all its data, yeah, in real time. Yep. And if you drive too much, they can just turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just won't start. Your carbon footprint has been exceeded. Yeah, yeah, or it'll just drive you home. Add more it, money. Yeah, it'll, right. It'll just drive you home from wherever. You're I thought at. I had twelve more years. <laughs> <laughs> what? It just charge you for it and then not work anymore until the next month when you're. Climate credits. Oh wow! You know, get a few more. Hey, my my uh, credits are back. Can you take me back down to the interstate and my car? Yeah, seriously. It'll so be, I can get it back. It'll be like that. You'll you'll try to get on a plane and they'll be like, "Sorry, sir, you can't." Right, you've traveled too much. Yeah. Yep. 
So that's what the Green New Deal is about. That it's the foot in the door for it. Yes, all all these climate policies are. Now it, that did so that legislation did not get passed, right? No, uh, uh-uh. Jay's know how to ride horses. No, no, no. I'm kind of terrified. I don't of know if I ever would get on top of a horse. I'm kind of scared mm-hmm. of them, yeah. and I, they sense it on me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to end up. With like a broken but I think if I had to, that powerful. would be, we would have to go back to horses. Seriously. I would walk alongside it, maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd get on top of it. Two I would have to, I would, I would, yes. You I would, wouldn't be on I a would horse pull on a shirt. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe for a quick photo op and then I'm popping right <laughs> off, dude. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've, been on, I've been on it a couple times. Not bad. I've been on a camel. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah you have. Yes. Wow. You sure have. Yep. Yeah, what a story. Have y'all seen that um, that meme? It's not a meme. Maybe it is a meme. It's a video of husband and wife. They're really overweight. And they're getting on this camel. Mm-mm. And the camel cannot get up. Aww. It's like try, if it finally gets up and then, it, and then it just falls down. Oh, that's sad. But the dude was holding on like a boss. Yeah. I mean, because the camel was going straight down. And he was like, I was like, dude, the abs on that dude. He wasn't going anywhere. No, he was just kind of straightforward. I was like, <laughs> you wow. To, you got to send it to me. I'll find it. Actually, Delo sent it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. Okay. Yep. We'll see it after the show. And it'll remind you of carbon credits. It would. Yep. <sighs> Green New Deal. Yep. So it didn't get passed. No. She's still spewing it, though. We got 12 years left. Yes. So, yeah, dude. So I don't really... So you'll hear about a lot of this climate alarmism, and it's got <clears> a huge <throat> amount of support from... You know, millennials because of inconvenient truth. Um, wow. Gen Z because you know they they hear probably 10x what I heard when I was their age. Yeah, it's really popular. I don't want to work anymore. College campuses and stuff like that, and um, they they kind of feel like they have like the moral high ground when they're talking about these things. But like, what people need to realize is like, <clears throat> if you're a skeptic like we are of y- you know the distortion of science and stuff that's going on with the global warming climate stuff, um, you actually have the moral high ground. High ground. Yes. These people are trying to foist horrible legislation that's going to basically ruin your life. You know? Yeah. You're coming out the gate right there. Yeah. yeah. Dude, they intense. are. Yeah, I dude. felt it. So, yeah, the distortion of science following the patterns of fascists of the past... I almost don't like using the word fascist because it's, they use it so much. Yes, they yes. use it so yeah, much. But it so much. It, it's sort of like that thing where, you know, you call somebody what you actually are to deflect, you know. Mm. So, and that's what they do all the time. Yes. <clears throat> and proposing policies that would be harmful to millions and millions of people. Millions and millions. So we, we would basically, let's think of like the moral case for fossil fuels here. Okay. We built our nation on fossil fuels, right? Right. We sure did, yeah. Everything comes from that. Now we're going to pull the ladder up and not let developing nations do the same. Now we're going to impose all these climate restrictions on them, not let them get up off the ground. Uh Oh, I never thought about that. Is that what they're doing? It would have to. Because it's a global solution, right? So nowhere on earth can, you know do these things. So they got to have all these same measures that we do. So if you're, you know, some developing nation in Africa or something, and you're not abiding by these climate, these global climate protocols that the club of Rome is trying to install, then that's going to be big consequences. Yeah. Either you get a horse or you're going to get a, <coughs> uh, a Tesla. 
That's crazy. And I don't know about getting a Tesla. So they're going to probably get a horse. Yeah. So, you know, developing nations would stay at whatever state they're at. They would never get a chance to. They would, I don't. I mean, they would. They would reverse. Yeah. They'd go back to the Stone Age. Yeah. They would they'd go back down. Yeah. Yep. And I, I was watching something on John Stossel's channel where he tried to hold like a debate on global warming. He invited like three professors that were skeptics. And then he invited like three people. I think Al Gore was one of them. And then like a couple <clears throat> other people, none of those people showed up. So John Stossel basically tried to take their positions and argue from their side. And, he couldn't and then it. he, no, not really. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like all the stuff they talk about the science is, is there. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, they talk about things like that. And, you know, basically when they say, have you heard there's like a 90, 96% or 97% of scientists agree all that stuff. Have you heard them say that? Mm -hmm. Like I've heard them say that. And I've also heard that they take models and manipulate them Yes, to show, to show that in their favor. Yeah. And, and, but the real models are, you know, they're like, no, this is, this is how it is. Right. <clears throat> and I've heard that that they've changed their their stance. It's not global warming anymore because that went out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, climate to change. climate change. Yep. Yeah. So which is the uh, the seasons. Yeah, the seasons, and then <laughs> all, and the then year. also yeah. like global trends over time. But like the amount of information that we have is such a narrow sliver of time. Right. And what people really think it is is it's right. like a global cycle. Yeah. That humans may contribute to it in like a tiny little sliver, but like, it's not like a fart in the wind, basically <laughs> like, right. Like, like, like as big as this planet is right. And you have the gall to think you're, you're changing something about yeah. how this planet's going down. Right. And, <laughs> and, and they, we're just a flea on a dog. And they have even said like, even if we're wrong, still doing all this stuff is the right thing to do. Uh, so it's, it's like, okay, you basically just admitted like you're not sure even yourself, which I mean, as, as we've read the quotes, they kind of invented the idea and are like, okay, this is what the actual agenda is, but we're going to, you know, put this forth as, you yeah. know, you know, it's, it's wild stuff, dude. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Cause when I, when I was growing up, I thought it was all legit. I did. You did? Yeah, for sure. When I, when I watched... <clears throat> well, I mean, it was adults talking to you like, well, sure, they know what they're talking about. Yeah, because I think I was in like ninth grade and, you know, I knew who Al Gore was. I knew he was, you know, a former vice president and uh, the way he was talking about it, he, he was like scaring the crap out of people. Well, yeah, so you felt like, the, the my gosh, it, we're doomed. Yeah, he's like, the ocean's going to come up. We've got to do something. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> don't make plans for the future. You'll be I don't dead. get, a, that's what I don't get. You you said all this stuff. Everybody that says this stuff in the past, and they and you never bring it up again in front of them so they can address it. The hypocrisy. Right. Yeah, dude. And um, So, wait, wait, so what did you do? Like, uh, Well, you felt doomed. I yeah. mean, I wasn't like, you know, one of these college kids that are out like marching and doing like Greta Thunberg and all this stupid yeah, got stuff. Your I mean, I, I just believed it. I was yeah. like, okay, this is something that I believe in. I mean, well, I guess I'm not going to make it <laughs> right. And I like, you know, the way that they frame the argument is like that moral high ground thing. Right. So it, they assume the moral high ground and you kind of believe it. Cause you're like, okay, who could possibly be against this? You know, who would want their children to grow up in some dystopian world where it's so polluted that, yeah. you know, no life can exist. It's like Mad Max. Right. And, 
thrive. Wh- what I didn't yeah. re- what I didn't realize is I was like accepting a whole bag of goods that hadn't been proven to me. I was like, okay, they're not arguing like, hey, let's grow up in a pollution world. Like they're arguing, hey, like we're not actually causing what they're saying we're causing. Gotcha. That that's what wasn't clear to me back then. And I don't know when I like <clears throat> parted ways with it. Um, I think sometime in college. So there was like four. So there was a a, str- a, a a sure enough belief system, and then at some point you were like, you probably started asking questions or you saw something that wasn't right. Right. Yeah. Maybe I, the waters hadn't risen. You were like, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to be dead by now. Right. Yes. <laughs> Stuff like that, and you know, being you know in this having my foot in the conspiracy world a little bit from from that age, I, I started to hear the other side of the story because people were aware of it back then and saw where it was going and were blowing the whistle on it. So I I think, yeah, it took me until college to kind of realize. But, yeah, Let, let's keep along with the Club of Rome. I can't believe here. we're talking about the Club of Rome. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, the only thing I thought about right now is when I was younger, I used to think, okay, because, you know, I believed that too. Like, oh, yeah, we're polluting. I get it. Yeah, because I used to watch Captain Planet. Remember that show? Oh, my gosh. Right? Yes. yes. And so, or um, what are that animated show um, with the fairies? Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Oh, I Fern Gully. Oh, Fern Gully. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's classic. That was I've never spooky. Seen that. Oh, you need to go watch it. Yeah, the sludge, dude. Yeah, dude. He had to uh, eat all the pollution. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, whatever. And then I always thought, like, He killed hey, the trees. <laughs> why don't we get all the trash and just shoot it up in space? Yeah. And like that was something I thought about. And then maybe a couple of years ago, this one dude was on a podcast and he was like, hey, man, why don't we just shoot it up in space? And he was talking to a scientist. And it's like, that's not going to help. That's not going to work. But anyway, that's all I was thinking. Right now. Okay. <laughs> How dumb I why was. Why shoot it up in space? Why wouldn't it work? I don't know. It would just, I don't know. Just space too trash. expensive to do that. I, uh, space garbage. Space it garbage. Me- yeah, it would me- mess with like our um, satellite or ozone. Stuff like that. Yeah. Or it could just could be you too imagine we could you imagine we we did that and then we all of a sudden had rings like Saturn, that'd be awesome. with garbage bags, that would be pretty wild. <laughs> that'd be awesome, and we couldn't get out of our right. We couldn't get because because the belt was just so much trash, so much plastic. What if it saved us from like an asteroid or something? Ooh, like an oh, asteroid yeah. coming and then it just got tangled, deflected. It just got tangled <laughs> up in the trash. Yeah, like you turned that. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Yep. Yeah, like. Um, Unopened Coke bottles would start spewing <laughs> when the asteroid hit, and it would just knock it off its trajectory. And it would it would miss us. Yeah. Yep. See, you were onto something. I was. You yeah, saved dude. the planet. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about another thing that the Club of Rome is very passionate about. Oh, what's that? Population reduction. Uh-oh, we're off YouTube. Uh-oh. Okay. That is true. Yep. So... They strongly suggest that reducing the human population is the best solution to our problems. Wow. So as we talked about at the beginning of this, when we were going through the the limits to growth, population is the one thing that they were pointing the finger at the most, okay? And the thing to realize is there's very little evidence to back up their claims. So there's no data that definitively shows reducing the number of humans would have any effect on the growth or reduction of ice caps, ocean level rising, the rising or cooling of earth temperatures, nothing. So they haven't shown us anything like that. They've showed us a computer model from the 1970s. Of course. And then iterations on that computer model that show the same thing. <clears throat> Anytime there's like, uh, here's our evidence, and it's a computer model. It's like, okay, let's see the parameters. Look, yeah. Let's, well, like, what'd you put into that? <laughs> but, you know, 
show the work here. Right. Yeah, who, who created that, Al Gore? Oh. Right. With Greta. Yeah. Yep. And could you I, see them riding around? Yes. I could totally see that on a, a private in jet. In an EV, yeah. Yep. And I'd love to see them riding around and they, and they lose their charge and they have to walk. Yeah. Seriously. Would you pick them up? No. Okay. I would in a big old diesel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pick up hitchhikers. Hey, y'all smell dude. that, boys? That's diesel. Yeah, that's diesel. <laughs> Roll tide. And so their solution proposal brings forth an obvious issue. Who gets to decide which populations get reduced? Bill Gates. Who is able to have children? These two questions, right? Uh, well, s- they're doing that already in China. We've the one-child policy. Yeah, which I think they've had to backtrack on that. Yeah, now they have two. Are you serious? Because it created a problem. Yeah, because like basically everyone wanted to have a boy. And so they it created like female infanticide. They were just you know aborting female pregnancies as soon as perfect. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yep. Uh huh. And then uh, until you get a boy, and then that's it. And then you have basically a whole generation of boys never able to marry because there's no girls. There's no girl. Yeah. So it creates a horribly lopsided economy and you know a whole bunch of problems. That's weird. Yeah. How to that they. To that, they would take uh-huh. the, the females from North Korea, and they would, yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then let them let them mate with the boys that had no girls over oh, there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's weird. So they wow. let them leave North Korea. Mm-hmm. Okay, just for that little mission or whatever. Or would they keep them over there to raise the child? I don't know about that. Yeah, that's see. So it creates like a whole bunch of problems. Jeez. And um. I've heard, I was trying to find like an exact number because I know the Georgia Guidestone says maintain the human population at under 500 million in perpetual harmony with, you know, the economy basically. Huh. And let's just say right now that I think there's like 7.8 or 7.9 billion. So like, let's just round that up to 8 billion. Okay. So that means like line 16 people up. 15 of those people need to go. Oh, so we're already over the threshold of the Georgia Guidestones. By a long shot. So, okay. So only one sixteenth of us get to stay. <clears throat> so the 15 out of 16 people need to go if we're going to hit 500 million, which is what the Georgia Guidestones said before they were destroyed. Just so the planet will survive. Yeah. That, okay. Yep. That's... And... You know, there's no evidence for and we don't how know. they arrived at that number. Yeah, and, and who's going who's gonna to... Who's the person that yeah, makes that decision? Yeah, who's going to decide? Exactly. Why don't you do it? Incredible. The person that decides. Oh, why don't you go down? Oh, that'll never be the case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the whole because oh, cl- I got money. The whole club and of Rome I believe will be just in fine. climate change. Yeah. If anything, we got to get rid of you. Not oh my gosh. Yep. And um, how dare you? So yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, another thing is you know birth control and abortion is being pushed on women of developing nations. They don't want it, but it is because of all this climate stuff. Um, and uh, some good some good question here. So how did we arrive at the correlation of CO2 and rising earth temperature? Um, it's because it's something that can be directly tied to us. Despite CO2 being very beneficial in many ways, plants breathe it. That's something that's taught to us. In, I just exhaled. Yeah, the whole CO2 cycle, that's taught to us in elementary school. How yeah. You know, we breathe in oxygen, exhale CO2, right. plants do the opposite. Yeah. That's how it is. Wow. 
and but to that sounds like a give and take. Just plays playing devil's advocate. Okay, go but ahead. But if we're deforcing major, um, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then now the CO two is contributing to that. Then it's kind of. <clears throat> but I thought they were grow. I thought they had farms that they were getting rid of. From what I read, that they're they're not planning enough to keep up with deforestation. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I thought especially, they had, especially like in uh, like the Amazon. Yep. So if you do that, yes. Because yeah. because then the CO two has nowhere to go. Right. Right. So, and then so you got the dang fires in California burning everything. Does that fall under the 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 umbrella of climate change? <clears throat> I, I would say, I would assume so. Right. Uh, yeah. Probably. So yeah. I mean, we could get on board with that, right? We yeah. Can, hey, so, you know what? so yeah, we won't throw the yeah. Baby stop out cutting of the, the trees water. down. Yep. Right. Yep. Fern Gully. <laughs> Back to yeah. Fern Gully. Yeah. So maintaining the CO two, you know, the CO two cycle is important. So yes, I would agree. Um. But yeah, it is it is very beneficial because it can help our planet become greener, and become it, it'll make plants actually um, more water resilient as well. That's another thing that CO two oh. will do. Yes, water um, resilient. Yep. But yeah, they can basically point to CO two and say it's a problem, and that human activity is the reason why. Okay. And you got to go. Yep. So CO two, they can say, okay, it is a greenhouse gas. Yes, Jason just explained why. But there's very easy ways to innovate and make it not so much of a problem, right? Natural, right. natural ways. <clears throat> plant trees. Plant plants can help us. Okay, so we're surrounded by plants right now. By the way, we are. They do good work in the home. I think. I think everyone should have a house. My plant. wife doesn't like them. Yeah, they're natural air purifiers. They are. Mm-hmm. So if you ever go to a, a house or an apartment that has tons and tons of plants, yeah, you can tell the difference right oh. away. I've, I've in the in the in the air the quality of the air absolutely okay. yep my grandmother she had it was like a forest in her apartment and I could tell the difference every time yeah exactly every time I went in there I could tell the difference in the in the air quality yeah, night day yeah. I'll run that by my wife she doesn't like the plants because the look but if it's going to increase our air quality because mm-hmm. all these are my daughters. Sitting around us. Yep. Yeah, you got a big monstera here in the corner. That thing is that is, what you call it? That this one right here. Yeah, that one's doing. So it. you know that. Yeah, I have. Oh, one too. I thought it was an elephant here. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a. But monstera sounds right. Yep. I think these are mother's pearls right here. Yep. Yeah. String, string of pearls. String of pearls. Yep. Wow, Club of Rome. How did we get off on that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CO two. Yep. And let <clears throat> let's talk about the abolition of private property. Oh no. Okay, so this is another thing that climate alarmists really are in favor of. So eminent domain laws, these already exist, right? So these are um, basically where if the government needs your property for some reason, they can take it from you. Right. First, they'll offer to buy it, but if you don't want to sell, they can just take it. Right. If they want to build a a plant or they want to build a a road through your property, uh, they have the final say-so. Yep. Yeah. Who signed that? I don't know. It sounds like a terrible idea. It, it is. Yep. It's Who's it, on board with that? Biden. <laughs> yeah. How old is he? Sheesh. All right. Anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, climate alarmists and private property of citizens. So, yeah, this is expanded by climate alarmists and private property will be seized from citizens, basically. Okay. And then um, when you start force getting into, into cities. Yeah. It'll force you into cities. The suburbs will disappear. And the world will be collectivized, like we like we mentioned. Have you heard of fifteen minute cities? They're talking about this in like Europe and some places. No, it's basically where like you'll live in a city and you can get anywhere you need to go within fifteen minutes. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, which basically means you're going to be living on like the twenty fifth floor 
they'll just build up and then you you know everything's so close together because it's all vertical oh kind of like that movie ready player one yep they were all stacked on each other mm-hmm. yes wow yep did you see that mm-hmm. yep and what, uh, those were containers right like shipping containers just stacked on each other yeah okay. yes exactly but so they, have, they have that um already in like india and china they yeah. had that style. Living in that? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you heard of the one thing they're talking about? I think it's called like the line. It's like a concept <clears throat> that they want to build. It's like a big, long line. Yes, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. So like, it's. I'll send you guys the video after this. But yeah, if you look it up, it's. I think it's called the line. And it's like a way to basically build a city very linearly. Like it's super narrow. And everything's it, indoors. Yeah, everything is indoors. Wow. And you can get to anything you need. Like within just like minutes of walking, so there, there's no cars or anything, and it's it's kind of so like, it's kind of like an indoor mall. It, yeah, it, and it kind of feels like a like sort of like a nicer prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what the uh, the politicians go to. I guess when they go to prison, yeah, they, they go they to the country trouble. club no, prison. That sounds cool. Like, you think, but you can't leave. Yeah, but see, well, that, you, well, you can't. See, that's leave. how they get you. Oh, it sounds man. cool. It sounds cool. Oh, I can. I can just I can go down see. here and get the. But uh, do I need to leave? What yeah. do I need to leave? Well, the for? Xbox. I have everything. Xbox there. is just a couple of things down. Yeah. Yep. And they have a Target down down the hallway. Yep. See, oh. people are think. See, people are going to say that same thing. And it's in do a I line. Go outside? No. No way. Vitamin dude. D. Where is it? Yeah, they're going to. There's like, a pill. Like, you're not going to go out <laughs> I have there, a supplement dude. for that. I don't need. I don't need the sun. I'm triple vaccinated. So they're they're going to have, <laughs> they're going to have areas that are basically off limits to development, that will be expanding endlessly and, and eventually like. Areas where we're not even going to be able to go. Like Area 51. Yeah, exactly. Just fenced off. You're not getting in here. Yeah, there will just be no-go zones because it's, you know, it, it's... I don't want this world. It's the ecosystem, dude. I don't want this. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I, I'm i intrigued. I can't believe we're talking about Club of Rome. Yeah, dude. The Secret Society Club of Rome. I thought this was going to be some, we're drinking blood in the back room, cutting our fingers off. But no, we're talking about Al Gore running rampant around ice caps, you know, in the water going up to the Statue of Liberty. With Greta. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I guess we never... This is amazing. We never went through members. So yeah, Al Gore, like you mentioned, he, he's been involved. Bill Gates, Mikhail Gorbachev. What? Ale- Alexander King, David Rockefeller. Of course. And then Pierre Trudeau. That's Justin Trudeau's dad. What? Yeah. Which that makes, guy's beta. Which makes total sense, right? It does. Um, Yeah, so... One good thing that I'd like to recommend to all our readers is go check out the website. You mean listeners? Yeah. Sorry, I said readers. <laughs> the, yeah. My bad. Hey, if you are reading this on the blog, that's for you. Yes. Um, yeah, go check out scienceunderattack.com. Okay? Okay, I so that, check that so out. So there's this guy, uh, Ralph B. Alexander. He's got a PhD in physics from Oxford. He's a science writer. He goes through all this stuff, and he goes through the science, and he presents it in a way that's really you know, digestible for the layman. And um, it's basically everything you've ever heard of from climate alarmist topics ranging from weather extremes, climate change, ocean levels, ice in the Arctic and Antarctic, the CO2 hypothesis, all this stuff. Um, Check it out. It's a a really good read. He has got a lot of really good articles about it. So um, it's a good way to balance out what you're hearing from everywhere else, basically. And that's a book? It's a website. Oh, website. Okay, I'll put I, that. I'll put that website in our uh, description too. So, if yeah. uh, if you are listening to this on our uh, Spotify yep. app, you'll see the uh, there'll be a link in the description, yep. and you can just click on it. And go to this uh, website. 
But yeah, there there you have it, guys. So I mean, these guys are the main drivers of you know the climate hysteria. Okay, and <sighs> yeah, it's it's not good stuff. I really didn't think that we were going this direction when we're digging up this research on Club of Rome. Yeah. Yep. For some reason, I I thought it was more tied to the Knights Templar in, mm-hmm. in the Club of Malta, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah, they're they're kind of. Uh, do you remember when we talked about everybody's got their organization? Yeah, like the group, the Bilderberg, they're doing their thing. The trilateral commission, they're doing their thing, and then the Club of Rome, we got the climate thing. Yeah, they're like it's like everybody's got their own little thing they're trying to do to make the the globalist. Yeah, these guys are like eco terrorists, basically. Yeah, like eco fascists. And, uh, yeah, we got to really stop the um, carbon credit score from happening. Yeah, we don't want that, Elon Musk. We don't want that. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's innovate and do better that way. That's how we've always done it, and um, that's all we need. We don't need a, a global, unelected, socialist governance that yeah. will lead us into a, a tyranny, right. basically. Because I want to keep my microphones. Right. Yeah. I'll take good care of them. Yeah, you'll take good care I'm not of them. Gonna, I'm not going to mess them up. You don't want the junky ones that everyone shares. Right. Yeah. Think about it this way. Jason's like, kind of, he's kind of in it. Yeah, dude. He's, he's <laughs> thinking about it. It's like, it's like what happened? Look, he's still thinking about the line. Dude, it just sounds the awesome. The Xbox is right down there. It's right down there. I wouldn't have to see the sun. <laughs> Except you're like, you're like 500th in line all for I, the hey, Xbox. All, all he's thinking is, I don't have to go to Costco. Yeah, I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's built right in, dude. It's awesome. Yep. So, yeah. Crazy stuff. But that's it. Wow. That's Secret Societies. Dude, that finishes up our Secret Societies. I hope everybody's enjoyed it as much as we have. I know I know people have because two of our Secret Societies is in our top ten right now. And the the Masons have taken the third spot. Or was it number two spot? No, they're, it's taking the it's taking the third spot. They're on the podium, yeah. So it's uh they're high up there. Everybody's really enjoying the uh Secret societies. Hope you have too. So <clears throat> I know um, I did. Yeah, it's been very interesting. So uh, we got more topics coming. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, and the link is in the bio. You can find out where you can find us everywhere. We have a website called bottomofthat.com. You can go there and listen to our podcast, and you can also follow our blog, which you'll see all of our research notes and our uh, descriptions that we have for what we're talking about on the blog. And you can listen to it there as well. If you're listening on YouTube and you like this episode, please share, like, and subscribe and leave a comment. If you're listening on any of the other podcasting platforms, turn on notifications so you never miss when we publish an episode. If you didn't like this, I thank you for listening this long. Tune in next week when you might hear Byron say, Give me back my horse! Yeah.